there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good evening and welcome to Hoosier Huddles After the Dust Settles. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. Uh, We're here to put a bow on... um, the third that was uh, Indiana at Maryland, uh, 44-17 loss. Uh, the uh, Hoosiers fall 2-3, and 0-2 oh in the Big Ten. Uh, it, IU enters the bye week. Already been some news. Walt Bell, the offense coordinator, has been fired. Rod Carey um, comes in to take over the, the offensive coordinator duties. We'll, we'll talk about that. Alex, very familiar with Rod Carey, is also an NIU fan. So he'll let us in on, on what to expect from Rod Carey and, uh, you know, whether or not this is enough to save the season. And right now, it feels like this is uh, the end of the Tom Allen era in Bloomington, the, the beginning of it, if they don't, you know, turn around and, and get six wins this season. So, um Alex, you, you know, I, I you only saw half the game, which is probably more than our listeners, uh, and I don't blame you. Um, what were your takeaways from, from, you know, the first half against Maryland? Yeah, first point, uh, hashtag ban fall weddings. I, that was, I think, the first half of IU football I've missed in, I don't know, probably seven or eight years, so – what was out of my hands, but yeah, I did watch the first half uh, at a on my phone at a at a bar in Michigan. But extremely disappointing, I think, is the the word. I'm not even mad at this point. I don't I don't think you can be mad. I think we're approaching the dangerous territory that we kind of talked about in the off season, where you're gonna end up with fans that are apathetic instead of fans that are mad and and calling into the radio show and tweeting at the team and doing all that sort of stuff. I think you're going to, you're going to approach the point now where you have fans that are completely checked out kind of like the end of last season. So uh, it's extremely disappointing. I think we felt like not to say the season was saved, but the season was still on after IU escaped that Akron game. And you heard Alan talk about it in the weekly presser leading into Maryland about how, he expected this to be their best week of practice of the season. And you would see a motivated and focused Indiana team, yada, yada, yada. And then three plays in the Maryland game, they have a touchdown. So similar story to the Louisville game where you have a coverage bust almost instantly leads to a super long pass play. And then they punch it in two plays later, but for a team that was supposed to be locked in and, and excited and motivated, you just can't have that. So a bunch of coverage bust. Maryland averaged 8.1 yards per play on Saturday, which is unacceptable for a defense that we gave a lot of credit to after the first three weeks. And I think deservedly so they played five good halves of football, take away the first half against Louisville. They played five pretty good halves of football to start the season. That I think is gone. I think the defense has been kind of exposed now. I think 
the issues we talked about with the inexperience at secondary and the lack of depth behind your two starters at linebacker has started to kind of show. Andre Carter for all the, you know, hype. And I understand he draws a lot of double teams, the sack production, just not really there yet. So that's been kind of a bummer, but yeah, pretty disgusting effort by the defense. Again, gave up close to 500 yards. Tagovailoa threw for five touchdowns. Ran, no ran for another one. Ran, yeah. So, he had, you know, six touchdowns. He got sacked one time. I don't know. It's, it's tough. I thought the IU, the first drive was good. And I think if you score a touchdown on that first drive, you probably feel a little better. The play calling again and short yardage situations became an issue. And then as we see whether deserve it or not. And I think a lot of things you can point, you know, point at bell that were not great and need to be improved upon Tom Allen. I think at this point is now out of scapegoats for lack of a better term. So their term, so we'll see. Uh, I'll touch on Rod Carey a little bit more later, but I think game-wise, the first drive was good. I think Christian Turner looked good again, and that was it. And I'll touch more on what I think needs to happen under center, but after our Jackson got named the starter, I said I didn't think anything that he showed in the first two games during that competition was better than Soresby to have earned the job and here we are so already you know back in the quarterback controversy lands and i think for whatever it's worth all tape all snaps accounted for i think soresby has been better than jackson through the bulk of the season so far and he's the guy that i would start against michigan but we can talk more about that but sammy i don't know what did you see from the defense in this game uh defense had a lot of busts uh, but they also weren't set up for success. Maryland had four drives start on Indiana's side of the 50. Uh, three of them, I think, came inside 35-yard line. That just can't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and you, if the defense made some plays and held them to field goals and it's nine points instead of 21, you might have a, a better chance. But, you know, football's a complimentary game. You've you got to pick each other up. And that didn't happen. The defense failed to um, create takeaways. They failed to create negative plays and havoc plays. Um, Maryland had six explosive passes that went for 201 yards. That's over, you know, that that's not good. That's not good enough. And, you know, to me, what's concerning, Nick Toomer was questionable, ended up playing in the second half. If he's not good enough to go in, in, in the start, I don't understand why he's playing in garbage time. Um, you know, Aaron Casey, uncharacteristically, two tackles, one tackle for loss. Offenses are now scheming up Indiana's defense, um, and it just – the adjustments need to be made. That's, uh, I'm going to cut you off. That That's what good teams do, and I'm not saying Maryland is a world beater. They haven't been their lack or their knock the last few years as they've been poorly coached teams at this level are going to make adjustments. And we haven't seen Indiana make adjustments in the last few seasons to stay effective week to week. And you said it, I think, I think it's just tape. Now there's tape out there on how to beat this defense and you're seeing teams do it. Yeah. And 
And then you have, you know, referees are not calling holding on Andre Carter. He needs to get over that and maybe find some new moves. But it's tough to blame him. He's a guy whose motor is going 100% of the time. Um, It's the the coverage bus coming out the first play of the game is Mm -hmm. what's concerning. That's either a lack of focus, you didn't game plan right, or you're just outcoached. And none of those three things are good. Um, for me, it's just IU and for the past three seasons have not been able to put a complete game together. Not for four quarters, not for one quarter, not in any phase of the game. It's always something bust, whether it's a special teams bust, whether it's defensively or maybe the offense doesn't get going. You know, you, you give up a first play um, touchdown in the first three plays of the game. Jalen Lucas comes and, and gives you some life, getting the ball down to the, the 39-yard line with a nice return. Offense moves the ball a little bit and stalls out. Walt Bell calls the same play three times in a row. It works for whatever, seven yards, the first two, gets stuffed on third down. That's what fans are frustrated over. It's, okay, the play worked twice. Why are we going back to it a third time? Why not run play action off of it? You're going to have them biting and collapsing uh, on the run run play action uh, and things like that. To me, um, it might have been a move to change the narrative a little bit to put Soresby in, but Taven Jackson, you know, I thought against Indiana State, he had just better command of the offense against Indiana State and Ohio State than Brandon Soresby. But the tools were – production were essentially the same. Uh, and then he flashed that that nice second half against Louisville, and he thought, okay, maybe they found something. Uh, and then comes out against, uh, against Akron, does not play well, does not play well against Maryland, indecisive. He has guys open, just doesn't throw it early enough, doesn't set him, set him up for success, uh, hesitant to run the ball and things like that. They put Brandon Soresby in. He has a nice game against the backups. But you're basically back to square one on who's your quarterback the rest of the season, who gives you the best chance to win. And I know there's a little bit of a discussion, whether it's between our group or I haven't been on the Peaks board in a long time, uh, whether or not Dexter Williams is going to come and save this offense. And it's, there are two things wrong with that. One, I don't know if the staff trusts Dexter Williams. You go back to the bowl game where he was a a freshman, um, a freshman, Jack Tuttle separates his shoulder and Tom Allen and the offensive staff thought the best, the best way forward to win that game was playing a a one-armed Jack Tuttle. You also go back to the Wisconsin game where Jack Tuttle kind of gets knocked out and you have Nick Sheridan afterwards thanking God that, that he came out of that tunnel because Dexter Williams is not ready to play. And then last year, you bench Connor Basilak, um after the bye week. You, you put in Brandon Soresby, or you start Jack Tuttle, who had already entered the transfer portal, who shouldn't have even been on the team at that point. Um and then you bring in uh, you, you true freshman Brandon Soresby, and then it's Dexter Williams. So what's the trust level? Yeah, he had a nice game against Michigan State. They might have found something. 
He had a great start at Purdue. One and then, completed pass, though, right? That game, like uh, two, two, he had two Sorry. or three completed passes. You know, whatever. I'm not going to take that game as an indictment on his passing. They just ran the ball. Yeah. Um, had a nice start on uh, against Purdue. It looked like if he stayed healthy, maybe IU wins that game, or at least it's not. 30 to 14 or 30 to 16, whatever the final score was. But he blows out his knee. And now you're you're counting on him to to come back and lead the offense. I, I just I don't buy it. I don't buy that the trust is there and it's not fair to put that on on Dexter Williams either. Yeah, regardless of the trust, not fair, not fair to the guy to to pen that on him or saving the season and saving Allen and all that stuff, but yeah, for I guess here's what I'll say. Growing up watching Northern Illinois football, very successful program the last 15 or so years, still follow the program, very familiar with Rod Carey. I I joked on on Sunday when the news came out with a few people, but they're you know what to expect. I hope you like three yard out routes on third and seven. That that was kind of a staple towards the end of his career. He did lead NIU to the Orange Bowl as the offensive coordinator when they had Dave Doran as the head coach before he went to NC State. So Rod Carey's been a head coach for many years. He gets it. I I could care less about the he was an Indiana guy thing. I think it's cool. I think it has no impact on how competitive these guys are and how successful they want to be. Could care less that he played at Indiana, honestly. I don't think it affects – my reaction or anything i think anyone in that position will try to do a good job so but yeah he he runs the quarterback i would say that's that's first and foremost it's mandatory i don't think it's a nice to have your quarterback has to be able to run in a rod carry offense and you're going to see those exaggerated deep rpos where the polls are super late we've seen that so far this season a little bit haven cannot do it I don't think he's good at it. He is very bad at knowing when to pull the ball and run with it. And I don't think he reads the edge well at all of, of knowing when to give the dive and when to take it and run around the edge. Obviously he's not slow, but I wouldn't say he's quick at all. Um, so that'll be really interesting for me to see what they do during this bye week, because I do think, you're going to have to be able to move and run the ball. He'll he'll call like legitimate quarterback powers with a pulling guard to get first downs and and 10-yard plays and so he'll run the quarterback right up the middle. So um you might see some pistol which I think would be great. Um but yeah, I think the hallmarks of his offense are the running quarterback. I think you'll see shoddy play calling. He has kind of a base of about 10 plays that he always seems to run that he'll kind of vary up depending on how it's working or how defenses will do the few good things or, you know, some of the good things I will say he will like literally force feed the ball to his best players until they show the defense shows you can stop it. So, I mean, there were many games for us. Jordan Lynch was obviously a, a freak talent at quarterback, but some of my favorite players in NIU were kind of your Shane Wynn guys, maybe undersized, but extremely dynamic with the ball. I mean, he will he will force feed guys the ball until the defense can stop it. So I think that's good. I think that's a good thing for your Jalen Lucases and your McCulley's and and those types of guys. 
but yeah, deep ball passing, outside passing, probably not going to be a, a strength. And I don't think that's probably even a strength of this team right now. So maybe that's a good thing, but I think you'll go kind of back to basics and run stuff that works throughout the game. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to make a massive improvement. I'll be honest. I think it's, it's more of a structural thing and more of a, a program thing at this point where you may need a, a, a bigger reset or a, a bigger change to kind of totally change the offense. And I think the thing that is unfortunate for me is that you see a lot of the times when you get rid of coordinators or, or teams are struggling, the head coach is able to step in and call plays. Tom has done that obviously for the defense. He's been obviously the defensive coordinator. I, I literally don't think he could call the plays on offense if he had to. Um, but I, you know, I'm not a coach. I always say that I don't act like I'm a coach. I never played football, but I don't know what the answer would be beyond Rod Carey. So we'll see what happens in the off season, but, but yeah, I think quarterback battle this bye week is going to be fascinating. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you come out of the bye, you get Michigan, which is not going to be, um, you know, not going to leave anybody with any great feelings and stuff like that. I, the the game that stands out is the homecoming match against Rutgers. If you can't win that one, um, it, it's going to snowball till the end. You got Penn State after that, then Wisconsin. And then, you know, your final three games are kind of manageable with Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue. All of them have not looked great uh, this season. So if you could get Rutgers, you're, you're sitting with, with a little bit of hope that maybe if you survive Penn State and Wisconsin, um, you could put something together, have more practice time, and, and get kind of recovered to, to win one or two of those final three games and turn what has looked into what, what has been a tire fire into something where, okay, now you could discuss do, do we give him one more year? Or do we cut bait? And it's right now, if you had to make the decision right now, if I'm the AD, the Allen era is over. It's that that's what it is. There's no way forward. Um, he's made the moves that he's needed to make. He's made them late. There is one move left to make. Um, and, and that is it, it's over. Um, but there are seven games left in the season. The narrative could still change. Um, and, and it also changes. You have a $20.8 million buyout where, you know, the discussion around it is if you're a Big Ten program and you're going to take football seriously, you know, that that number is just something you tell somebody to write on a check, not a, you know, a, a complete non-starter on to whether or not to, to rebuild the program. But to me, Rod Carey made sense. He was on staff as, as an analyst. Um, the whole interim tag, non-interim tag is nonsense to me. Who really cares um, if he's – nobody's doing a national search on October 1st during a yeah. bye week for an offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he, he's been in the program now for two years. He's coached the offensive line. He knows the verbiage. Uh, the other option was going Anthony Tucker, but I think that's too much of Walt Bell with Anthony Tucker there as well. Um, 
you got a guy who's been a head coach, a successful head coach, a successful coordinator, and is trying to you're trying to stabilize that position right now and give yourself the best chance to win and maybe save your job. Um, outside of that, it, it's it, it could be a rough end of the season, but you know you're sitting here just like week one, saying who's our quarterback. Can our defense in the secondary stop enough people to give our offense a shot uh, to, to put up some points? Um, so, you know, the same questions that you'd hope would be answered by week six haven't been answered. And that's not a great sign. Uh, you know, and we'll get into the program health later in more depth as well. But it's just. I'm sick and tired of being the national joke on Monday night football, you know, two years running and stuff like that. And that's one of those things. And maybe this is just the person I am. I play that on loop in my office and it would piss me the hell off to where that's the last time they do it. That's the last time Troy Aikman pokes fun at Joe Buck uh, about IU football and stuff like that. So but that's just who I am. If that's who the people in the athletic department are, if they're okay with IU football, hey, we made Monday night football. But, yeah, they, they just poked fun at you. That That's not the publicity you want. There's no such thing as bad publicity. It's not the publicity that you want. Yeah, I think we'll see what happens, but we could have, you know, different coverage if we have to – think about that obviously don't want to think about that but we'll see I think for me it always comes back to you could hire and fire coaches for as long as you want if you're not going to do a total examination and a total reset of what you're doing from an investment absolutely it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you could replace a million head coaches if you're not going to spend on assistance if you're not going to spend on recruiting if you're not going to operate the stadium and Mellon Camp and marketing, it doesn't matter. Like, no, it's there's a, a reason why every every single they, IU head coach has been fired or resigned or retired with a losing record. At, at no point has an IU football coach been so successful that they left for a bigger job. It, it just it hasn't happened. It, you can't play, you know, higher scared like that. And you're right, Alex, you need to invest in facilities. You need to take a look at your coaching pool, um, you know, the pool of money for assistance. You've got to look at your game day atmosphere. You've got to look at, you know, what revenue streams haven't you tapped into yet. We were at Maryland and they have their Terrapin Club, which is like the varsity club for IU. And they're doing 50-50 raffles. Now they only made like $4,500, but that's $4,500 that they didn't have. That, that is essentially free money. You have volunteers in the athletic department go around with signs taking money and selling tickets for five bucks. That, yeah, that's like saw, a slam dunk layup type of thing. Um, I saw a you clip know, of the, uh, the game, the Oxford, when they played LSU over the weekend. Obviously, Ole Miss LSU a little different, but it was the a night game. They had strobe lights on the stadium lights with flashlights or wristbands in the crowd with fireworks going off in between a quarter break. And I like, 
I got like angry because I was like, that will never happen. That literally, no, they they put in new like, LEDs. I was like, that looks so fun. The, I was like, that will never happen. Like they don't get the 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 kind that do those shows. You know, it's stuff like that. it's announcing a blackout four days before and not selling any black T-shirts. Like I know people want to blame the board of trustees and all that. That stuff should not take the board of trustees approval. If you if if it takes to sell a black T-shirt, the board of trustees approval, you're doing something wrong. Um, you know, maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship with Adidas. You have to look at your marketing department. You have to look at your licensing department. What can they change to? Because announcing the black jersey, great. I thought they looked great, and then you couldn't buy one. And by the time that uh, you know, impulse buy feeling wears off, they're they're not for sale, and, and nobody's going to buy them. Like, do you really want a black jersey now? Probably not. Um, there's a lot of little things that go on with the football program that don't need the board of trustees approval that, you know, the athletic department has to do. And yeah, you might play one or two night games a year and use the lights only once or twice, but look, it's really cool when they, when they do it. It, it is. You saw it at Nebraska last year with, I think they did it to Thunderstruck. Super awesome. It didn't take the Maryland had the lights too. It didn't really take effect because it's an afternoon game, but they have the capacity to do everybody is doing it. Everybody. And it's just falling behind farther and farther, following that pattern that IU football has followed for the last 135 years or whatever. Um, that that needs to change. And you know whatever you i'm not even bringing up basketball because it's it's honestly it's irrelevant it is irrelevant to what happens with iu football um they need to to go visit other places go see what other places are doing and bring those ideas here the on-field suites great you know what they're bringing in a couple hundred thousand dollars a year that's a revenue stream that that was untapped the fan survey the making clubs great fine that should happen it, it just needs to be accelerated you, you need to hit your layups and then worry about okay what do we need to do to fix the product on the field too because unless you fix the product on the field all those upgrades it doesn't matter i mean it, it really doesn't matter but you need to do them both at the same time because just in case IU is good and fans come back, you have all the bells and whistles ready to go. You have those suites that people want to buy. You have the, the light show that, you know, gets students to the game and, and things like that. You have the upgraded facilities. You have bathrooms that don't leak. You have a press box that's not from the 1960s. It's, you know... Yeah. It's the, the classic uh, chicken and egg argument, right? Like, do you have to get good before you do all that stuff? Or you, do you do all that stuff and then hope people come and then you get good? I would say you have to build the we're nest. Not, we're not good. So you may as well do the other one because we're not good. So you have to build the nest and build a home before you have you have an egg and before you can have a chicken. And that's what that's what you need to do. So build the nest, then you can have a healthy egg and a healthy chicken. And you just, you know, you hope for the best, but you have to set up whoever comes in next, whenever they come in for success. You look at Kansas, 
Um, I think Leopold had it in their his contract that they spend so much money on upgrades and stuff like that. That I mean, it's that's the future of college football, and there's going to be more conference realignment. I don't think IU gets booted from the Big Ten, but I could tell you if they ever go to these super divisions or whatever, they're going to look at your investment into the program, your investment in facilities, and things like that. Um, you know, to 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 gauge how successful you might be and how how wanted you are. So it, it's just it's frustrating. It's a frustrating time to be an IU football fan because we were there. You had 2019, you had 2020, and I don't really give a crap what people think of the COVID season. It happened. They kept score. It's in the record books and stuff like that. But you had two seasons where you go, okay, this is what it's like to have a competent football team, and it was fun. And, and people bought in and it just, it wasn't even a gradual drop. It was just straight off the edge of the mountain um, and, and super quick. And it just, they haven't gotten it back. And to me, that's the question. Can you get it back under Tom Allen? And that's the question that every single person who's making that decision in the athletic department has to be asking themselves the rest of the season. Can we get this turned around? If we do, all these things and invest in the program, can he still turn it around? And I, I, right now my answer is no. Yeah, we'll see. And unfortunately I've been like thinking of names and looking at names and it's not fun. Can we, can we throw one name out in the garbage? Yeah, I know what you're going to say. I, I do not want Antoine Randall at all. I, I, love I get it. I love the guy. IU legend, but for all these people who are criticizing Tom Allen as high school coach, doesn't have enough experience, didn't do a national search. Antoine Randall is a position coach in the NFL, has never yeah. been a coordinator, has never been a head coach. He, he is IU. not IU's version of Coach Prime. Coach Prime was a head coach at one of the top prep schools in Texas, which is like being at a small college. He was the head coach at Jackson State had two really, really good years down there, went in and now is at Colorado. We'll see how long he's at Colorado before he makes another jump, uh, you know, to, to a higher level team. But it's, again, one, why are you trying to copy something that it, it is almost impossible to copy? No, there's no other coach prime. There's not. There's, there's, there's no there's three other. and two. But like, yeah. They're three, all, they're three and, and two, and, but there's and no Deion other Sanders, No offense to ARE, like the name is not the same. Like it's a different no. level of name. So it's not even like you're going to get national recruits that are like, oh, I have to go play for that guy. No, you're going to have I'll a couple people who watch IU football in the 90s go, oh, I remember that guy. Program builder. What you need to do is pay up and hire a guy that's established at a power five school, which you know we're not going to do because we're one we're not going to pay the buyout and then pay what a seven plus million dollar annual salary and then you probably need at least 10 million for an assistant pool that that guy would want to even think about coming it'll always be there the interest in the job will be there as long as you're in the big 10 and there's a price for everything so regardless of the history and i think guys are that competitive where they would say i'm the guy to fix it but yep. if you're not going to invest and pay what you need to, to attract a quality assistant pool, as we've seen the effect that that has had on the program, right? 
when you had the yep. coordinators that are now head coaches, you've seen the effect that having good coordinators can have. If you're not going to do that, it, it doesn't matter who you hire. So you see it all over college football. You could hire any guy. Really, if if you don't have the money in the, the support system, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Nick Saban right now could not make Indiana dominant. No way. With the current setup, if you swap Allen for Saban, no shot. No shot. So I think you're fighting an uphill battle. And I think if you get to that point, again, I think there are still winnable games on the schedule. And I don't want to sound like the optimist guy because I'm I'm as frustrated as anybody. The season's not over, over. It's obviously not what you wanted to see against Maryland. But if you end up at a point where we're looking at names and writing those kind of articles, I think it goes beyond who you hire as head coach and it has to go to what are we doing? Are we serious about this? Blah, blah, blah. And as a few people have told me, it history would tell you no. So why do you care? Yeah, I can't argue with, really with you. But um, so we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, throw Antoine Randall out. Don't want that. Love Kane Womack. Don't want that. Has to be an offensive guy. I don't think you're going to go with another rah-rah LEO guy. Everyone was like, hire him right now after they beat Oklahoma State, and then they lost last week to like Troy or something. So, I, you know, everyone saw week to week in college football, but the trends right now for Tom Allen's program are not good. So it's hard to not be week to week in college football or football in general, but the trends right now are bad. And you have to turn them around or there's going to be some very difficult conversations. Yeah. It's some super, super difficult conversations have to be made anyway. Even if you stay the course with, with Alan, you need to make improvements, not only uh, facilities wise, but how you go about things in in the athletic department, your uh, uh, pool of pay for assistant coaches, how you market the program, how you go about raising NIL funds uh, for football and things like that. And I'm starting to believe that NIL funds, at least for now, until they go to a revenue sharing model, uh, NIL funds might be more, more important than having a football only weight room and, and things like that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that this is kind of what makes college football interesting is that, you know, we, we've seen programs go down thinking about firing the coach and all that stuff. And all of a sudden they get hot and go on a run uh, and, and it turns things around. There's still seven games left of the season um, with some winnable games, Rutgers at Illinois, Michigan State at home. And then of course the bucket game up in West Lafayette. And uh, you know, there, there's still some time to, to turn around, but time is running out. It is the, not to sound cliche, but it is the the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter of Tom Allen's tenure, and and it, it kills me to say that because he's he's a guy who who has been successful at IU. He's the the fifth or sixth winningest coach in IU football history. Uh, he's had some really good moments here, but you know at some point time runs out on everybody, and the time is starting to run out. On, on Tom Allen. So we'll see if the team responds. We'll see how the, the adjustment to Rod Carey goes. Um, but, in, hey, it's a week without Indiana football, so enjoy the college football, and, and I don't think we have any fall weddings this weekend. 
yeah, this would be the the weekend for a wedding, unfortunately. But yeah, a lot, couple last ones. I think Mason Williams. He does a nice job on Twitter covering IU, but he he had a stat. IU is two and eighteen in the last twenty Big Ten yep. games. With Tom Allen with an average margin of defeat of like twenty two point two or something. I mean that that's like what a max school would do. Like you would say, like Northern Illinois is two and eighteen in their last twenty games against Big Ten schools. I think NIU probably has a better record and spread in their last twenty games against Big Ten schools than IU does. So that one's tough. And then the other one for me was nice to see Punch on Punt back out on the IF, IUFB Twitter sphere. Uh, they filled a nice void of kind of the take away all the crap and the anger and frustration and look at the numbers numbers aren't great <laughs> so you know but nice to see them i don't i don't know them i don't know who they are but i always appreciate reading their stuff but yeah it was i don't know good to see cameron perry i guess but uh catch a few passes on saturday but we'll see what happens with the bye week we'll that that could also be one of the byproducts of changing coordinators is you get personnel changes yeah that that could be one of that's you know I'm not super excited for them to play Michigan, but I'm kind of intrigued at, at how they run out there and and what changes they make. So, anyway, that does it for tonight's After the Dust Settles. I know it's been a while, but there was a lot of dust this week um, that, that needed to settle. Uh, you know, a big loss, a firing of a coordinator, and, um, you know, oh, it's a – Buried the lead here, Alex. IU Kentucky basketball is back. If anybody wow. actually cares, we got bullied into giving up a home game. Yeah, so it is what it is. Uh, we'll be back next week. Oh no, we won't be back next week. Uh, we'll be back after the Michigan game. IU travels up to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. Uh, noon game, the big noon game on Fox on October fourteenth, and uh, we'll be back to break it down after that on on sunday so enjoy your full week of college football we've got cusa wednesdays now to uh pre you know preempt november action i think and this is a stat everybody could like i think starting tonight there are 49 straight games or days with Mm -hmm. either college uh or nfl games so um, you know, the next seven weeks are, are exciting. 